Well, good morning. Welcome to week one of At the Movies. And as you can see, our movie to this week is Jumanji. Uh, we talked about <clears throat> doing this to get some excitement. Hopefully you are going to have fun. You're going to invite other folks. Uh, we believe Christians have more fun than anyone. And hopefully you agree with that. We all like, love movies, different kinds of movies. I like movies like Jumanji. It's funny. It's entertaining. It's takes place in uh, the scenery from Hawaii, so it's beautiful scenery. It's got some interesting characters. Um, my wife is kind of the chick flick, not so surprising, right? But there is kind of a nerdy romance in the movie, so uh, not to give too much away. And uh, so how many people have seen it? Oh, pretty much a lot of you. First service, there was hardly anybody. So we got a different crowd. Good, good, good. So when I talk about it, I'm not going to give away too much. That's part of my concern. But uh, in the original, how many of you saw the original in the 1990s? Oh, most of you saw that one too. Uh, Robin Williams, they were sucked into a board game called Jumanji. Uh, the update, the new one, they're sucked into a, well, there's four teens, four teenagers in high school. They get to detention, and in det detention, they get sucked into this video game called Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. The fascinating thing about when they get sucked in there, they get their kind of their alter egos, kind of the nerdy guy gets, uh, uh, everybody knows who The Rock is, right? Uh, Dwayne Johnson's body. So he's this scared nerdy guy in this uh, football player's body. And then the football player gets this little nerdy guy's body. And uh, the lady, the girl that's all self-absorbed with taking selfies of herself, she winds up in a fat middle-aged guy's body, and the girl is kind of uh, to herself and doesn't want to do gym class. She kind of gets the uh, sexy girl body. So part of the fun of the movie is watching the insides transform to match the outsides. Uh, so that's part of the funny, funny thing. So Jumanji is under a curse, and these folks have to win the game to break the curse. So as I was looking at this, I tried to find a theme, and I found a couple, of, I'm going to ask a couple of questions, and we're going to look at some of the scenes from the movie, and then something Paul wrote to answer the questions. So the first question is this, what are you searching for in life? What are you searching for? Most people would say to be happy, maybe, uh, you know, that's what most people are chasing. How you find happiness is kind of confusing to a lot of folks. For some, it's a career, finding this career that they can be driven in that career and they find happiness or seek to find happiness in a career. For other people, it's in relationships, trying to find that right person to spend the rest of your life with. For other people, it's just having fun. These are the ones that live for the weekend and live for the holidays and live for the vacation. For other people, it's stuff, just accumulating stuff, more stuff, more expensive stuff, bigger stuff. Uh, so it's a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Thing though is, it so uh, seems to be so elusive. Uh, you can try the career thing, and it doesn't seem to bring you that, that satisfaction or that peace. You can try the money thing, the the relationship thing, go from relationship to relationship. Um, and for many, most of us in here, we've tried the religion thing, right? Um, so maybe the religion's going to supply that need for me. Uh, going to church, read my Bible, giving money to church those different things, that's going to bring me peace. <clears throat> so we're going to look at something Paul wrote. An interesting thing about Paul was he uh, did, started out as a hater of the, uh, Jesus, and then his life was transformed and became a Jesus follower. 
So he's addressing, he's writing a letter later in life, he's writing a letter to a church he started in Philippi. And some of the folks in the church are claiming that they're more religious, more spiritual, <laughs> better Jesus followers than others because they've been circumcised. <laughs> and if you read it in, in chapter 3, but I think, believe it's in first, verse 2, Paul calls these folks, he calls them dogs, and he calls them evil. Now, he's not talking about mass murderers. He's just talking about people in the church that have this, I would call, spiritual pride and think they're better than other folks because they've been circumcised. Because most of the folks in this church would have been uh, not Jews, so they wouldn't have been circumcised as children. Uh, so some of them became circumcised as adults, and they thought that made them better. And Paul's saying, you got it backwards. <laughs> These activities, circumcision, whatever it might be, going to church, reading your Bible, praying, all those things, those activities don't necessarily make you spiritual. doesn't make you a godly person. Once you've connected with God, and we'll talk about that in a minute, once you've done that, then these things help you do that. So Paul's going to address these folks, and he's going to address them saying, okay, you think you're proud of your, what you've done? Let me tell you about me. And that's how he starts. And he's really not boasting. He's just, just trying to put these people in place. So this is Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, uh, verse 4, excuse me. If others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, what they've done, circumcision, another thing, I have even more. And let me tell you about me. <laughs> and so he tells us in the next verse. He said, I was circumcised and I was eight days old. So in Jewish law, if you were a Jew, that was the day you were circumcised. I didn't, you know, I wasn't as an adult. I've been circumcised since I was eight days old, according to the, to the law. He said, I'm pure-blooded citizen of Israel. He was a Jew. So he wasn't a Gentile that converted to Judaism. He was an actual full-blooded Jew. Not only that, he was a tribe of Benjamin, one of the probably the two most important tribes of the 12 tribes. First king of Israel came from the tribe of Benjamin. Only two tribes came back from, from uh, captivity, and one of them was the tribe of Benjamin. So he, I'm a real Hebrew if there ever was one. And he said, I was a member, that wasn't enough, I was a member of the Pharisees. So this is this religious group that were really zealous and all sold out. They were kind of professional religious people who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. So there were 600 and some laws and, and they would be careful to obey every law to the, to the nth degree. That's how religious he was. And then he said, on top of that, he said, I was so zealous that I persecuted, harshly persecuted the church. He arrested people, not because they were bad people, just because they believed in Jesus <laughs> as the Messiah, and he didn't believe that. And actually, some of them were, were uh, murdered or killed. So that's how good a religious person I was, a religious Jew. And as far as righteousness or doing what was right, I obeyed the law without fault. I'm as good as you can get. And Paul's going to tell us, but that didn't do it. That wasn't what, I didn't find what I was searching for doing that. Now in the movie, they're looking for the missing piece. So let's watch a clip. We need to find the missing piece.
What you need is in the basket. One false move, you're in a casket. Trust one another and never blink. The missing piece is not what you think. Oi, Faye. Good luck, mighty hero. Jumanji, Jumanji needs, needs him. You. We know. Said it several times. So they're looking for the missing piece to make them successful in their endeavor to break the curse. And the young lady says something really important. She said, it's not what you think. And in that basket, they find a, not giving away too much, they find a little elephant. And they're thinking, is this elephant the missing piece? But she said something really important. She said, the missing piece is not what you think. And the missing piece of life, fulfillment, Happiness in life is not what most people think. It's not your career. It's not your relationships. It's not your stuff. It's not your money. It's not having fun. Those things don't bring a sense of fulfillment. And again, I'm going to give a little bit away here, but we're going to discover what the missing piece is. We can help each other. All right, you've been here a long time. You know the game. And, and between us, we have a lot of strengths. Yeah. We're actually pretty good together. I don't know, bro. Okay, I mess up one more time, I'm toast. It totally freaks me out even thinking about going back to the transportation shed. I don't want to die in Jumanji. We just got to stick together. If we do that, we can win. I know we can. Oh my God, you're our missing piece. You were the thing that we needed to find. So the clue was to, what, go to the bazaar to find the missing piece? It wasn't the elephant. It was me. Yeah. Dudes. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Hey, Spencer, you want to drink that margarita? I, I, you're done. This is one good margarita. The missing piece isn't a thing. It's not something you do. The missing piece, and this is, is uh, Alec, the pilot, to get him from one place to another place on the island toward their destination. So Paul says, okay, I figured it out. It wasn't all that religious stuff that I tried. In verse uh, 7 he says, I once thought those things were valuable. I thought those were the things that brought me fulfillment. Those are the things that brought me uh, a true relationship with God. But now I consider them worthless. They didn't accomplish that. Not that they were worthless as stuff, but accomplishing that, that goal what they were searching for, because of what Christ has done. He goes on. Yes, everything else is worthless. Next verse. <laughs> everything... Uh, uh. Wait a minute. I skipped. I'm sorry. Back up. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So I'm comparing. This stuff didn't accomplish what I'm... What I, what I need. They find stuff, but they didn't accomplish it. Knowing, having an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything, counting it all as garbage, so that I have discarded that, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Let me think about marriage. <clears throat> when you get, get married, you're developing this per, intimate personal relationship, but you don't know each other very well at the beginning. But I've been married kind of a long time, and uh, 
My wife was at uh, Sight and Sound, saw Jesus, and so it was fantastic on Friday. She gets home about 9.30 that evening, and she walks in, and she's ill. She doesn't feel well. Now, we have a nice house. We have nice cars. We got nice stuff. But the only thing I was focused on at that point was what? My wife, because I had this 40-plus year personal intimate relationship with her, and that's all that mattered. All the other stuff is like garbage compared to this relationship I have with my wife. So it's a question of values. What do you and I value? So he goes on, he says, I no longer count my own goodness or righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right himself depends on faith. And this is amazing. We talk about this a lot. Amazing grace. God says, okay, you can't fix yourself. You can't have a relationship with me, a holy God, because you're not holy. You mess up. We all mess up. <clears throat> you're not righteous. So, Jesus, my son's going to come. He's going to be righteous. He is righteous. He's going to re- live a righteous life. So he doesn't deserve to die. So he's going to die in your place. And so it's, it's this weird exchange. We get to exchange our unrighteousness, our sin, our mess ups for, for Jesus' righteousness. Kind of a bad deal for him, but a great deal for us. And we call that grace because it's free and we can't accomplish it on our own. It's, it's just faith. You got to believe it. It's not an effort to get God to like us by the good stuff we do, by going to church or whatever it might be. So, for Paul and for us and for the players in the game, the missing piece is not something, but the missing piece is a person. In the game was Eric for uh, Alec. For us, it is, of course, Jesus Christ. So that's what people are searching for whether they know it or not that's the missing piece second question what are you focusing your energies on what are you focusing your energy on your life what are you spending your life doing what is important to you when you have time what do you focus in on again what are those things you think are going to bring you what you're looking for happiness fulfillment whatever it might be it's interesting in the game Actors, the characters get three lives. In some video games, you get multiple lives, or you can get other lives. Uh, And they're marks on their on their wrists, and they uh, and they basically figure it out because they have three when they start out. And right away, people start dying, and it's not a big deal because it you know one you got two more, and then you got one more. But when you get down to one, it all changes, right? When you got two or three, you can lose one. It's no big deal. But when you get to that last one, is Alex said, then it gets scary. Because if I lose that, I'm lost in the game forever. So we don't get three tries, do we? We only get one try at this life. One life, one try. Let's watch it. Hey, what happened? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, so we need a new plan. Yeah. Right. Totally. Spencer, any ideas? Can I speak with you for a minute? Now? What's going on? I can't do this. What are you talking about? I can't do this. Okay, who am I kidding? I'm not some adventurer. I'm not actually brave. Spencer, I just saw you hanging out of a helicopter. It's a lot easier to be brave when you have lives to spare. It's a lot harder when you only have one life. We, we always only have one life, man. 
Okay, that's that's all we get. That's how it works. The question is, is how are you going to live it? Which guy are you going to decide to be? Look, we can do this, man. We can do it together. 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 You're a good friend, French. We all get one. We all get to choose. How are we going to use that life? How are we going to spend that life? Can't, you don't get a, a mulligan. You can't, don't get to do it over again. So Paul is saying, okay, I figured out what I really need is this personal relationship with Jesus. And then he goes on and says this. Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. haven't reached the goal, but I'm focused on this one thing. The problem is we're focused on lots of things. We get distracted by lots of things. He said, no, 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 you've got to have focus. You've got to have focus. You've got to focus in on one thing. And here's one of the things that really keeps us from focusing. Forgetting the past. We get trapped in our past either by guilt and, re- and resentment or by I'm satisfied because of what I've accomplished in my past. Either way, looking back is a problem. I like to run. When I run, I, on the, especially in the woods, I cannot run by looking backwards. You can't drive your car looking backwards. It's going to be disastrous. You can, I can't live life looking backwards. So he says, forgetting the past. And if anybody wanted to forget his past, Paul did. He was a murderer. So he wanted to forget his past. He says, I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. He says, I press on. This is a, uh, a word of enthusiasm and passion. I press on to reach the end of the race. Receive the heavenly prize which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So he was driven by this. What are you driven by? Again, is it success? Is it happiness? Is it being popular? Is it accumulating lots of stuff, lots of money? We're all driven by something. So where are you focused? You know, focus is really important. I'm not a scientist, but, you know, these lights are great, but they don't cut through steel. But if you concentrate light in a laser, you can cut through steel like butter. The power, the effectiveness is through focus or concentration. So I put on your outline, concentration is the secret to influence and effectiveness. You and I are going to be successful. We're going to be powerful. We're we're going to accomplish what we want to do. It's got to be focused. We're too scattered out. Another part of this effectiveness is perspective. Perspective, and some of you may have seen this before, but put something on the screen, and what do you see there? Now, there's a couple options that you can see. I'm going to put one option up on the screen. This is what I saw when I first looked at it. God is nowhere. Somebody else see something else? Yes. What's the next slide say? God is now here. Same exact thing, different perspective, completely different Result, God is not here or God is now here. <clears throat> so in life, you and I only get one try. Do it well. You only get one life. We used to sing a song. I can't remember the name of it. You band members remember. There's this line in the song that goes like this. One magnificent obsession. So Jesus needs to be our one magnificent obsession. You know, when you only have one of something, it's valuable. 
And that's why you and I are valuable. There's only one of us. I read this sad story about uh, the albino, northern African albi uh, white albino, ry uh, albino rhino. That's hard to say. Anyway, there was one male and two females, and the male died. And now that, that, that species is going to be extinct. He was the most valuable rhino because he was the last male at that time. One life. Make it valuable. Purpose and passion always go together. In the game, they had a purpose and a passion to, to, to relieve Jumanji of this curse. But what is your purpose and what are your passion? What are you passionate about? Are you passionate about anything? What is your purpose? Third question, we'll finish with this one. What is your guide for life? What is your guide for life? Or you might say, what is your map? Or GPS now, we use that. What are you using to guide your life to this destination that you're choosing? Of course, in the game, they had a destination and they had a map. Here's a map of Jumanji. You must go to the bazaar and find the missing piece. The bazaar. Missing piece of what? Cheerio! Well, you can't just give us a ride to the statue? And remember, if you wish to leave the game, you must save Jumanji and call out its name. Okay, the missing piece, I'm guessing. Oh my god, that must be what we're looking for, the missing piece of the map. But the problem is, there's nothing here. What do you mean there's nothing there? It's a map, just like you said. It's a map of Jumanji. Cartography. What's that? The study of maps. It was one of Professor Oberon's skills. Yes, that's right. Oh, so you can't see this, but I can? You guys, the map, it's changing. What do you mean? What's it say? Okay, well, there's not a lot of information, but a minute ago, it didn't say this, and now it does. It says, the mighty roar. All right, first you have to have a map. If they didn't have a map, they couldn't have got to the destination. You have to have a map. Then you got to be able to read the map. And only one of the characters could read the map. And the other interesting thing about the map was it didn't have the, all the directions in it. It just had the next direction on it. So we got to have the map. The map's going to show us the next step. And then it's up to us if we're going to follow the map. Paul puts it this way. He finishes up by saying this. But we must be sure to obey the truth we've learned already. So at this point, they had the choice to follow the direction of the map. So you and I are responsible for following the truth that we already have. It reminded me of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I believe Solomon, one of the wisest men that ever lived, wrote this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Be all in. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and you'll, he will direct your path. Uh, our problem is, for many of us, we have two maps. Those of us who are Jesus followers, we've got G God's map and our map, and they're not always the same. Sometimes I follow God's map, sometimes I follow my map. <clears throat> Interesting thing is, when I thought about this this week, when I, was when I followed God's map in my whole entire life, I can't remember one regret following God's map. Now, I've got lots of regrets in my life, but not 
one from following God's map. Why do I follow my map? Well, I think it's going to be better. I think it's going to make me happier. But the end result is usually not so good. <clears throat> Seek his will and, all you, and he will direct your path. He won't direct you for the next 10 years, but he'll direct you for the next day, the next week. Then you and I get to decide, <laughs> am I going to follow God's map or my map? <clears throat> this requires discipline. Now, we're not really good at discipline, are we? Now, I like to try and eat healthy and exercise, and it's a little confusing what that means. But once I've decided what I want to do, then I have the choice to actually eat that way and exercise that way. And if I do, I feel better. But if I stop doing it, what happens? I regress. So it requires discipline. Now, one reason the church is so important, this is kind of like map class. And I'm like the map teacher. <laughs> uh, the one character in the, in the, in the, in the movie uh, could read the map. But well, we can all read the map. And one great benefit of church, especially small group, is we can share our understanding of the map. So the best map for life is not my, what I want, but the best map for life is the Bible. Now, some of you know I run, I haven't ran them in a couple of years, but I've run a bunch of uh, ultra marathons, 50-mile races. I know, it's crazy. And as you get finished, you've got a time. You know, like it took you 10 hours or whatever it took took to run that race. But there's another designation that people get besides time, and runners will know this. You can get a DNF. What does that stand for? Did not finish. Now, it doesn't matter if you ran one mile or if you ran 49 and a half miles, does it? You still get that same destination, uh, designation. So what's the important thing in running a race? Getting to the end. Now, people say, how do you run a 50-mile race? And I say, I just don't stop. If you don't stop, you'll get to there. It might take you a long time, but eventually you get to the end. And I think what Paul's telling us is, in the life, in the race of life, don't stop. Be all in. So purpose and passion always go together. So what is your passion? Why do you get up in the morning? What gets you through the day? What is your GPS? What is your map? And as I said, following God's map you never have regrets. We're going to pray. And then the band will come. Father God, thank you. We thank you for this wonderful map, the Bible we have. And we thank you so, so much for Jesus that provided that possibility of having an intimate relationship with you, God. We're going to pray for anyone here that, that hasn't stepped across that line. Maybe they're seeking, they're trying to figure it out. God, we thank you that uh, you've done it all. And it's that faith, that trust, you just got to believe it. And then we can have, exchange our mess-ups for your goodness. And we thank you in Jesus' name.